Welcome to Support Up Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hi, guys. Um, welcome to another episode, and I'm super excited to uh, introduce Nick Martin um, on today's show. Nick is the Customer Experience Manager at Harry's. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Harry's is a men's personal uh, care product line out of New York, uh, specifically razors. Um, so, you know, so that I don't butcher it any further, Nick, do you want to introduce yourself and, and Harry's? Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm Nick. I'm a CX or Customer Experience Operations Manager at Harry's, and we are exactly that. We're a men's care grooming brand that started with razors and have expanded into other men's care products, uh, mostly in direct-to-consumer, but now we are across um, most stores that you shop at right now. So we have some retail presence as well as online, and I'm thrilled to talk today. Yeah, and I, I particularly love the the motto of Harry's. I think I read somewhere it said, "Helping men one five o'clock shadow at a time." So tell us a little bit about how how this whole thing came about and and the social mission that comes with Harry's as well. Yeah, certainly. I think it came about actually with um, our co-founder Andy having an experience that a lot of us have had before, where he walked into a local store and needed to get some razors. Uh, struggled to find where they were. Uh, noticed that the packaging was just plastic on top of lightning beams and laser beams, and it was locked behind a case. And he had to wait for someone to come and open the case for him. And um, just a really kind of pain point experience. And he called his friend Jeff uh, and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, and that's really kind of where Harry started. Um, some of our social mission is actually really interesting. Uh, we uh, have a high five time is what we call it, or, or like a social mission of everyone has five days um, in, in their in their year that they can use for our social mission. We also donate a considerable amount of money to organizations. Um, and it's actually how I first came across Harry's. I started at a nonprofit that was a partner of Harry's and I had to come over for a hackathon where most startups might hack, uh, you know, 48 hours of code. Right. Harry decided to hack, uh, into one of their social mission partners, uh, problems that we're dealing with. And so I came over from a nonprofit partner called City Year, spent a day at Hackathon, fell in love with the culture, and it was professionally time for me to make a move. And that's when I transferred over to Harry's. That's that's interesting. And in fact, it's a great segue because I, I've been looking through your profile and you know you didn't always come from customer experience. So kind of guide us a little bit more um, into how you ended up in customer experience and how some of your previous roles influenced um, where you are today. Yes, yeah, certainly. My most recent role was in admissions, which I kind of view as a customer experience role. So I spent uh, my years recruiting about 300 to 400 what we called core members for a year of service. Um, and a lot of that was spent on phone and email, providing information and helping solving answers, uh, and then actually bringing them from across the country to all meet in one 
and Sadie to start their year of service. So I, ha- I had a lot of that customer experience, uh, just not in a formal setting. And then when I moved over to Harry's, I started as a frontline associate. Uh, for about two years, I was a frontline associate with Harry's and uh, spent my time on phones and, and mostly emails at the time and had right. over 50,000 individual conversations with customers for the first two years. So I definitely cut my chops there. <laughs> That's awesome. So how, how big is the team right now at Harry's? Yeah, we have 27 associates. Uh, so those are our frontline associates. And it's a very amazing team that we have that is distributed across uh, in-house. So right in the office that I'm sitting at right now. But we also have a remote workforce that are superb around the tri-state area. And you know we have a lot of events where they come in, but they're working remote most days of the week. Uh, and we have part-time and we have full-time. And then we have four team leads who are on my team that manage those 27 associates. Okay. Um, at the same time, we also have two different arms of our, our customer experience team that are very important for our mission, which is our quality training and development arm. Mm-hmm. So we have a few teammates under quality and training and development. And then we have a trust and safety or some teams might know it as fraud and payments arm. Okay. Uh, also extremely important. And then we all report up to our director. Okay, that's interesting. So you you basically have two, if not three, different operations within the customer experience umbrella, if I got that right. Yeah, so I would say that we have, we have two operations in the formal sense. So we have the main operation, which is the 30 or so associates right now, and it's direct to customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that trust and safety arm is, I would consider that an operation as well, because it's pretty important to have a, a fast turnaround on that. Quality training and development is really um, a, a supportive and like driving arm that we have that okay. their main client should be our CX operation. Okay, got it. So what what are some of the challenges that that you see on on your side of the business um, today as as you guys are growing and and trying to integrate more items into the personal um, men personal grooming site? Yeah, certainly. I would say when we are, we're adding new items, so if we're adding new products to our customer experience, the number one challenge that we would face is how to educate customers about those products. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a normal concern that companies would have when they're adding SKUs or products. Right. Uh, and taking it another level, which is how do you educate the customer from our customer experience standpoint from like a personal neighbor to neighbor friendly conversation i think it's very easy to say hey this two-in-one shampoo doesn't strip away your oils like other typical ones would be but when you're when you're bringing that down to a one-on-one conversation you're having with someone over the phone or on email or chat it might make more sense to have a more question and answer or personal experience type conversation of i found that this worked well for me because of this have you ever had this experience mm-hmm. and taking that and those new products and turning it into a conversation we can have with customers when they're interested. Okay. And, and just kind of explain uh, a bit to me in terms of how you engage with your customers. Are these customers who are calling into you with a question or concern or you're reaching out to them to kind of find out what their experience has, has been with a product or a little bit of both? 
A little bit of both. So we value our customers' voice um, very heavily at Harry's and have from day one. It's been something I'm extremely proud of. Mm -hmm. So yes, we do have your reactive or regular traditional customer experience where people call and email um, with a question or concern and we help them get on their way and have a wonderful experience. But we also do a lot of proactive outreach, say, uh, hey, we've noticed it's been so many days since your last blade refill. We think that you might, and that's a, a razor blade, shaving yep, blade. Yep. We think that you might be ready for a new you know, set of blades. Can we help place that order? Or do you have any concerns? Do you want to ask us questions about life in general, which is something cute that we ask in one of our emails to, to establish more of a personal relationship. Um, and then that is back and forth is actually with an individual on my team. So yeah, there's, there's some proactive automation, but the whole conversation is always happening with our teammates. So it's a combination of proactive and reactive. That's really cool. So how, how do you guys go about gauging customer experience in these conversations. I mean, I know the the emphasis is a lot on having that personal touch and making sure it's a, uh, it's a you know, convenient, uh, free-flowing conversation. But how do you kind of measure that at scale across all the interactions that are going on at the same time? Yeah, certainly. I am a firm believer in effortless experience. And the way that we measure that is a customer effort score. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We also, we have a little bit of a CSAT and our company as a whole has NPS and if, and tons of other metrics that we would measure. But when it comes down to that individual transactional often conversation, I believe that we should be making it as effortless as possible for the customer. And it's really important that that's perceived effort. Um, so there are a lot of things that are in our control when we talk about perceived effort. Um, so maybe the issue is something that happened with a billing, uh, where it's really out of our control. Maybe the credit card is expired or something along those lines, but the perceived effort that someone has to go through to get that resolution is actually in our hands. Um, are you, uh, you know, using words with LY definitely, certainly that have a proven psychological impact on someone's perceived effort? Are you assuring that you will be able to take care of someone before moving on to a resolution? Have you solved what their next problem will be? Like, have you thought about, hey, in three months from now, they might have the same issue. Maybe I need to uh, have an opportunity here, educate them on how to improve their, their user ability to update their credit card on the website. I'm just spitballing here, but yeah. yeah. Those are really important things that we think about. So I, I measure effortless experience um, specifically for how to measure how great the experience was. And then we have about three or four operational metrics, which are tied to response time, first touch resolution, right, and a few other things that at the end of the day, how fast you get back to a customer, we cannot forget that that's like a very important metric for their experience. Right. So, so the, the KPIs, if you will, which yep. are, you know, your time to respond, your time to resolution are kind of table stakes because you need to, to nail that. And then the North Star, from what I hear, is, is the effort score, which is based on the perceived effort of the customer. Yep. Okay. So the, the part that, that I've always had interesting conversations with others on the show as well is I think we all agree that you know that's the right way of tracking things i think the challenge sometimes becomes 
well, how do you track it um, other than doing manual intervention and, and listening to phone calls or, or coming up with some kind of a way um, which is which is repetitive to to kind of get to that point? Um, how, how are you guys tackling that? We have a, a combination of an internal and an external uh, process to be able to track the quality of our experiences. Okay. So internally, we use a tool called Maestro QA, uh, and we have a quality assurance analyst as well as the team leads who are the direct managers follow a pretty uh, regular reoccurring process to uh, assess how we feel we're doing and also calibrate on what we think is quality or not quality in a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's really important for us because there are certain things that a customer will never notice that we want to hold ourselves to that expectation right. so we have an internal process. That is one side. And then the second side is, uh, which I'm pretty sure everyone out there has some sort of version of this, which is like, how are you collecting the voice of customer? We've gone through three or four different iterations of this as we've grown as a company because we've been growing so so quickly. And our current standard right now is we're using Stella service to send out a very human, how was your conversation with Alex? How was your conversation with Sadie? And then that collection is tied into our customer effort score. So we have that customer effort score in there. And then we can do the fun part, in my opinion, not in everyone's opinion, but the fun <laughs> part is certainly taking that and cutting, scrubbing that across every single type of contact, mm-hmm. team, direct manager, region that someone's sitting in, everything along those lines. And see if there's areas, there's friction points that you maybe need to give a little bit more attention to. And that's my favorite part. Yeah, no, that's that's like uh, playing with data and, and trying to analyze it to see where we can uh, we can do more or or reward people, right? That's uh, yeah. but the the data kind of forms like the rich um, source that you need to be able to do that. Yep. Um, so, what what other tools and tech uh, stack do you use in your operations? You mentioned a few like Maestro QA and, and Stella. Um, what what are some of the other systems that you use? Um, yeah, certainly. Operation work. Yeah, we have a pretty large uh, tech stack that's growing right now uh, on a regular basis. I think its foundation is on the CRM, our ticketing system, which is Zendesk. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Zendesk, we use that for our support, so for email as, all, as well as our voice. And then we've also started to use it for guide. Uh, so we have an internal knowledge base in Zendesk Guide. Ah, okay. Soon to potentially be an external uh, FAQ type page or knowledge base for our users, our customers. Um, on top of Zendesk, I mentioned Maestro, which is our internal quality assurance platform. We also use Stella, which is our external voice of uh, customer collection tool. And then we have this very new tool, uh, which is called Assembled, which we're using for workforce management. Um, we spent a lot of time kind of building our daily and monthly operational calendars, forecasting to actual balancing everyone to be at the right place at the right time to meet the customers where we need to meet them. Mm-hmm. And Assembled is our attempt right now of being able to do that a little bit smoother. Uh, and there's so our, our workforce management system. They're wonderful to work with certainly and then we have sprout for our social engagement we do customer experience team controls across i think five social engagement tools uh and then we have snap engage for chat and a few other 
kind of review sites that we have to check in on a regular basis. Nice, nice. So, so your um, channels of communication with your customers are coming in through your phones, your um, your portals probably, but more also from the social aspect, um, like through um, social media channels and, and from chat interactions and such. Yeah. So when I think about just channel functionality, we have voice, email, chat, social, and like review sites. Okay. That's interesting. Um, and how, how much do you think, um, like when, when you're working through your customer experience scores and, and looking through all of these channels, using all of these tools, um, how accurate do you think is, you know, the voice of the customer or the, the way you're collecting that information and how well does that tally with your KPIs? Um, because a lot of times people are kind of conflicted about, you know, are we tracking the right KPIs and is NPS telling us the right thing? So how, how has that been in your experience? I like to see, I don't think there's a silver bullet for a voice of customer metric or a KPI. So I like mm-hmm. to see everything side by side, if you will. Um, I'll be vulnerable and talk about a time that we had a pretty hard customer experience month last year due to a shipping issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that month, you could see a dip in this KPI and maybe, let's say, a response time and a dip in customer effort score. And then you could kind of say, okay, maybe there is some correlation here. Let's look into the look into the qualitative data, the comments, and match up exactly what happens. Or we can cut it again and say, look into the type of contact. Was the type of contact related to, hey, what is your your shave gel compared to your shave cream? Or was it related to, hey, I noticed my package is a little later than it normally is? And then we can kind of really, really kind of break the circles down until you get to a specific target right. to know that we're measuring. So I never, I never look at one thing as a whole. And then bringing that up to the company level is really important. Right. A very small percentage of customers are talking to our customer experience team, no matter how proactive we are. So taking our version of voice of customer and then handing that off to the product team and then the customer insights team and the retail team and building a, a much more holistic picture is, is pretty important if you're making business decisions on moving forward directionally. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So what, what is the one thing um, that you have done on the basis of all of this data? Um, like you, you mentioned a, a hard experience. Can you, can you tell us about a good experience or something that you've changed for the better recently with, with all of this data or the analytics that you've done? Yeah, I think a really amazing experience that we've had recently is we have a way to tell um, pretty easily if someone that's contacting us is a shave plan customer. So someone that is on a plan that ships on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're really extremely important for the company because they ship and get billed on a regular basis. They're more loyal. Uh, they pay back the company fast. They're just great. They give good feedback and everything. And um, we found that our ship time at, you know, I think it was one and one twice a day, uh, sometimes they would need to modify or cancel before that ship time. And depending on how fast we are to get to them, if we miss that, of course, we're going to take care of them. But by taking care of them, we're losing a refund or a replacement. And I could tie in dollar values very, very easily to this. So what we tried to do was looking at that data, I built something that's a single stream um, and 
in our Zendesk workflow, but I automated a way to prioritize customers with those types of questions or concerns to have a faster response rate. So our associates are still working FIFO first in, first out, um, but they are getting to people that need to modify or cancel their shape plan shipment before the drop time, the ship and drop time at a faster rate. And we've been able to see like a pretty significant savings in replacement and refund uh, costs because we are prioritizing certain customers mm. that have more of an urgent request. Interesting. That's definitely a great use case for using data in the right way. And, and also a good um, way to kind of show and, and demonstrate how a lot of these interactions that are coming in come in from a support organization and can impact um, the decisions or the efficiencies of the whole company, right? So yeah, all the more reason to, to collect that and, and analyze that in a way that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Cool. Um, so, you know, Harry's has been a great story for, for growth and, and clearly you guys are doing uh, some really wonderful things. What's, uh, what does the future hold? What are some of the things that you're looking for in the next year? In the next year, I'm personally, this has been a, this has been something I've been wanting to work on for a very long time. I'm hoping to continue to prioritize the employee experience. So my 27 associates right now, but also we don't claim to have all the answers in supporting our associates and teams growth and development, but we're always trying to do new things. And what I really would like to do is I'd like to connect the employee experience with the customer experience on an operational data metric level. I think a lot of people talk about it. I've never seen anyone do a really good job. I've never seen a tech stack that has a really great, effective connection between your employee experience and your customer experience. Everyone can, you, can you define that a little more? Yeah. Like what, what exactly are you talking about when you say the employee experience and the customer, like in terms of um, the, the efficiency of the employee or... Uh, no, the like the engagement of an employee. The engagement, okay. Yep. Everyone will say a happy employee, an engaged employee equals a better customer experience, but no mm -hmm. one will ever say, okay, well, let's take maybe uh, an engagement survey or a you know a Slack tool pulse check or something along those lines and tie that directly to your CES, your customer efforts, right. or, or your productivity metrics or anything like that. Um, I've done it a couple of times manually and it's been, been very fascinating, but I would, I'd like to have that like be a regular part of our conversation where instead of focusing on, Hey, we need to have a coaching conversation on pro productivity or on, uh, I noticed that this quality could be an area of improvement. Let's focus directly on the employee trust that we've hired the right employee and give them autonomy and make sure we're focusing on their engagement. And that will tie directly into our customer experience. That's yeah, that, that's definitely a very uh, interesting thought. And, and a lot of people are, are starting to go towards that, that way. And you're right. I don't, I haven't seen um, a, a solution that really does it well in terms of tying the agent experience with the customer experience and, and yeah. you know, exploring what kind of tendencies or, or correlations there is between them. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me. I, I think I've seen it. Everyone that is experienced in this world, 100% knows that it's true, but 
uh, I need more than a gut feeling and I need to be able to like identify some things, target different metrics and be able to drive towards a goal with it. So I want to see those numbers side by side and, mm. and really, really double down on my employee experience. It's something that I'm always thinking about, but always can, can, can improve. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. Um, so you, you have a lot of, um, you come from a place of empathy, uh, I find, and and trust, mm-hmm. where you're, you know, prioritizing the agent experience along with your customer experience and making sure that you're hiring the right people for the right reasons. Where did you learn some of these approaches to management from? Who's been one of the, the mentors um, that kind of taught you the ways, if you will? Yeah, I think there's been a, a few different mentors that have taught me and, and a lot of research that goes into my trust and autonomy in the experience relating to, to, to good performance. Um, and if you, if you do a lot of reading and a lot of networking out there, I believe it will guide you down the same road. But most of my time at Harry's has, has most likely been listening to any associate on the front line. And I know that might be a cheesy answer, but if you're not spending time doing skip levels, doing uh, brainstorm sessions, different surveys, um, and, and codifying a lot of, of customer, then you're probably not driving in the right direction. And so I don't know if I could pick one person, but I would say uh, a lot of the associates that I've worked with across these six years Okay. No, and and you know, I I said one person, but it definitely didn't have to be. <laughs> if it's a community approach, it's a community approach, and I think and I think that works well too. Um, finally, any any good books you've read recently, or any articles uh, that you've come across uh, that would be interesting for our uh, listeners. Uh, so I mentioned Effortless Experience earlier. I think that is a wonderful book to read if you're thinking about how you want to measure your your customer experience. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it fits very well for any DTC companies out there. It, it doesn't fit well for probably a hospitality group. Um, you're really driving towards fast, effortless experiences. Um, that's not to say we don't have a, a wow program or a capture the moment or, or whatever program. We do have mm-hmm. that. But it, that's, again, more on the employee experience side than the operational side. Um, I would say effortless experience. We've also been reading as a full company, actually, uh, the happiness advantage for a year. Um, a very interesting perspective that I find valuable about a lot of us uh, personally and professionally might strive to get to happiness um, and feel like once I reach that next level, then I will become happy compared to finding your happiness and finding your gratitude first and that will only help you get to whatever level you're going to um so that is a great book the happy awesome no that's a great recommendation well it's been uh we're we're at the end of our our questions here and nick it's been great talking to you um amazing having you on the show and um you know hopefully our, our audience got um some great insights on how you can shave some effort off of your customers um, when they're getting in touch with you. No pun intended. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. We love, love puns at Harry's and I'm, I'm always thrilled to talk about the customer experience, the employee experience and making it better. So I appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. 
Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.